Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 53 of Shades of Brown. Uh, we're going to be starting off today with Samsung S9 reviews. Uh, the phone is up. It's available. You can buy it, I guess, in, in most regions. Uh, and the reviews are out. And the reviews are basically, I mean, let's, let's go over them. It's Well, here's, here's, most, here's like, I think I have a sound effect that works. So like, this is what I feel like all, all the reviews of the, S, uh, the S9 have been. I mean, not really. Like, I feel, I feel like the phone is good, but it just, it's a phone, right? It's a phone. It's iterative. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, as we said uh, when we were talking about it, it's a Samsung phone and it, like, and it's, I think the more important conversation to have, right, is like, what does it mean to be a Samsung phone in 2018, right? Yeah. What does it mean? It means that you have a really good design, like a build quality is top notch, right? You have that, not, you have that already, like, like the, it looks very nice. It's, it's a very nice looking phone, a uh, very nice looking device. Uh, the, it has, also, it means that you still have a headphone jack and a micro SD slot. Do people care uh, about micro SD anymore? Like, yes, yes. Outside of is, like har- hardware I mean, nerds, like, do you think regular people care about? No, not regular people, but I feel like there's this contingent of like hardcore Android users and, uh, that really, really want micro SD cards. Uh, and they really like micro SD cards and Samsung just, just, you know, keeps obliging them. They, they haven't removed it. Uh, and they still keep the headphone jack, which, you know, uh, the other manufacturers are starting to remove. So it's like, that's what, what it means to have a Samsung device in 2018. Apparently you still do the same things that you're doing. Uh, you have uh, a Snapdragon eight forty five is it forty five? Yeah, eight forty five is the latest. Um, you have right. We have a two ninety two nine six zero by a one four four zero screen. Um, on the S nine and S plus S nine plus same dimension. More importantly, no notch. There is no notch. It is a very, it's a nice looking screen. I really like, actually, this, this is the thing, right? This is the thing with Samsung phones. Like, I really, like, it's, it looks so good. Like, the screen, the, 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 the shape of the device, the design of the device, like, it looks extremely, uh, appealing, but like, we'll get to it in a bit, uh, the problems, I guess. Well, I mean, uh, we have, you know, there's, but there's a side button, there's a Bixby button, the most important uh, button. Yeah. Let's, let's start with that. Let's start with that. They still keep kept the Bixby button that was there on the S8, uh, and it's still just like Bixby. I don't think has improved since then. Uh, well, I mean, anyway. the thing about Bixby, right? It's not whether or not it's good or not, right? Like that's not. I don't think it's the important thing. The important thing when we're talking about Bixby is, and the, I'm going to sound like you know a hacker news comment thread, but. How does it integrate into the ecosystem, right? Like, Bixby is good, but like, what can you really do with it that warrants having its own button? Because all the, it's basically like Google now from 2012, and which is great, but at the same time, the Google Assistant is better. Uh, arguably, Siri is better. Alexa is better because there's integrations and the such. 
And as we talked about during the HomePod review last week, like, does it really matter to have this, right? Like, this is such a prominent feature on these devices, but how important is it? If I feel like Samsung is doing this to try and create a sense of lock-in in their devices rather than bring any sort of useful features. Like, no, no one wants Bixby. No one asked for Bixby. No one asked for Bixby. And, and yeah, Samsung is trying to create an ecosystem. Like, they're trying to create the same sort of lock-in that uh, that Apple has. That they, they want that sort of lock-in. They, they see that uh, lock-in being very lucrative. And uh, it's, it's, like, not happening because they're too late. They're too late to the game. Uh, and, they're, and, and the thing that they're offering is not good enough. It's behind everything else. Uh, it's, it's not improving at a significant pace. Uh, and it's it feels annoying because like you don't you have an extra button for it which feel like if you don't want to use the feature it's just a useless button, uh, and but the, also the interesting thing is they left uh, the OK Google hot word uh, in there like you, you can still activate OK Google using the hot word when the phone screen is off right it's still there they I think they added it with the latest. Node device. I, I think back. that there's probably a clause in the new G apps thing for that, right? Like, I feel like that's why I don't think Samsung was just wanting to be like open. I think that Google required because I know Google's not requiring new phones to have the assistant. I think like, or at least like they're enticing OEMs to put the assistant on their phone. So I feel like that's probably a part of it is having that hot word enabled. So I don't know if that's really a like Samsung wanted to be open because Samsung wanted to be open. They let you remap that Bixby button. Right. And they wouldn't block attempts for that. So I, I'm not going to give them credit for that. It's just because, because it's Android, there's two versions of everything that comes to your phone because Samsung wants to have the same experiences. And, and like, I think sometimes when we talk about Android phones, we're always like, we want that stock experience. Like what I want is a cohesive experience, right? Like with this phone, it's, you have two of everything and that's the problem. Like if there's a Samsung browser, there's Chrome, like, I'm not saying Chrome's better or the Samsung better, browser is better because I've, I've heard arguments both ways. I've heard people say that the Samsung browser is better with some aspects, especially when it comes in like integrating with the multitasking stuff and some of their custom TouchWiz stuff. Or um, I'm sorry, the, the Samsung experience stuff. <laughs> but it's you got to pick one. You, you, you got to stop having two of everything on there. And please, please don't at me saying you could just disable an app because no, I'll scream at you. Yeah, I mean, some of these apps are disabled, some of them are removable, but the point still remains that they come with the device, right? You're still getting those out-of-the-box experience has these has these apps installed. And you have, like, two mail apps, right? You have, what, Gmail and uh, and the Samsung mail app, right? Like, that's... that's, that's yeah, that's just... That is still a problem all these years later. It hasn't changed, Uh what has changed though from the S8 is they is they put the fingerprint reader in a better place. Uh, it was in a weird angle from the uh, like the S8 had a like weird placement for the for the fingerprint sensor, and it you would hit the camera like you put your finger on the camera instead of the fingerprint sensor. Uh, so that's that. But the thing is. It, like uh, this picture over here, the Ars Technica article, you're going to get your fingerprint all over that shiny back. Like it's it's going to be full of fingerprints because it, it is just shiny, very so shiny It's a back. glass back. It's a glass back uh, because glass is apparently... Actually, I don't... Glass phones feel nice. I know you you don't you haven't. I don't think you've held the iPhone 10 or the iPhone 8. No. But no. If, if, it, if glass wasn't a material that cracks so easily and honestly, I... 
I haven't tried using my iPhone without a case just because I'm afraid of it cracking. But uh, it feels nice. Like, glass feels nice. And I feel like most people are going to put this in case. Even if Samsung put a plastic back, people still put their phones in cases, Yeah, I mean, right? they would still put it in a case. But, it, like, it, I feel like glass is not... It's kind of overrated. It's, it's shiny and it attracts fingerprints. I mean, even with the oleophobic coating on it. Uh, well, that coating is, wears off after a while. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does wear off. Uh-huh. But so the S8's fingerprint sensor, uh, it's it's below the second, or it's, it's below the camera sensor, right? Is yeah, it's below the camera the sensor. The S9 Plus has the has a two camera system, which is basically just like a wider uh, angle lens and all of that. Um, and, he, and besides the rest of that, the rest of the hardware is like the same, right? They made it a little bit thicker just so they could accommodate moving the fingerprint sensor on the back or uh, below it because, right, you don't want to like get in. That's where like normally the battery goes because Samsung doesn't do how Apple does their phone designs where Apple use like multiple batteries, right, to try and uh, be able to squeeze as much space. Samsung has like, besides the fact that it's completely closed off, right? Like if you get that glass back off, replacing it is actually really easy. Um, this YouTube channel, Jerry Rig everything where uh he takes apart phones and he consistently like with samsung phones it's literally like you take off that glass back all you really need is like the suction cup to pop it off right and then you can just put it back on and use a heat gun and then like clip it back into place and you're good like unlike the iphone where it's built completely into the body and you'd have to it's you have to almost replace like the entire phone to get a new back on there so Samsung builds their phone in a way that e- that things are more uh, easily replaceable, even though you still need some kind of technical experience because you need a heat gun and stuff to, to get that glass back off. And that means that how the battery designed, it'd be like there's like a specific compartment for the battery rather than trying to fit the battery in any sort of open space. And um, they would have to make the battery smaller in order to have the fingerprint sensor compartment go below the camera. So what they did is that they made the phone thicker so it would go over where the battery is at which is an interesting play. But the fact that they made it thicker but didn't increase the battery size is what is perplexing. And I know Samsung doesn't want to increase the uh, battery size because it's, uh, you know, the explosion problems with the Note 7. But I I feel like now it would probably be a good time to do that. I don't know. I feel like they could, if they're going to make it thicker, having saying we've, we put the fingerprint sensor in the correct spot is not good enough an excuse to make your phone thicker. I mean, and I know that I'm not trying to say that I am for the thinness race because I, I'm not, but if you're going to make it thicker, I should at least expect to get a bigger battery in the phone. Mm, yeah, I mean, sure. But I guess they had some other risk. Maybe. I don't know what like, the iFixit teardowns are going to be uh, probably happening soon. They're already so out. Maybe, uh, they're already out. Okay. The S9, so, all the, yeah, the, all the J-Rig, everything. Like I said, he took apart the S9. So, like, there's, it's really it's just they had it for the, uh, for, for, for the fingerprint sensor. That's the only reason why they uh, took it. They, they made it thicker. The battery is still the same. The design is similar. Um, but really, like the the main story of this phone is just the just the software, right? Like it's always the software with Samsung phones, and it's always a depressing story because. And honestly, at this point, I'm starting I'm starting to feel like to to have the opinion that OEMs shouldn't be forced to install every Google app, right? Like I think I think that because because you they're all on the Play Store, the the clock app, the calendar app. I think it was like the fucking dialers on the Play Store. Maybe not the dialer, but like the stock messaging app, like the SMS app, that's on the Play Store. So if every single Google app's on the Play Store and you know OEMs are going to have their own versions, why not just 
give them the Play Store without requiring it. And I know it's a lock-in argument, right? But it's not even just that. It's it's there are going to be OE, Android OEMs that are not developing their own software, right? So they can just pick that uh, app and pre-install it, right? The issue is that there's a hard requirement right now, right? Like in order to get access to Play Services and the Play Store, you need to have preload your uh, your device with these certain apps. So Google keeps increasing the list. And if Samsung wants to keep being a software vendor, then fine. Then Google should just stop forcing them to put every app on there. And someone can make the argument that Google software is better. And sure, I'll entertain that. But what do you want? Do you want two of everything? Because Google software being better is not going to stop Samsung from putting their own apps on the phone, on their phone. And we already tried, right? Like a Google version of, of Android flagships with the Play Store Edition phones, right? No one bought yeah, them. Yeah, Play Edition. Yeah, nobody bought them. Yep. Uh, it's just... Google is doing this obviously they want people to use their apps and forcing it using the contract uh that OEMs have to follow is like pretty much like yeah I'm not, I'm not that's not that's too lucrative for Google to give up I think it's just not it's not happening I think even with Samsung doing this bullshit uh so that's I mean the software is uh, the Samsung Experience 9.0 god uh that's that's a name we we got to talk about the biggest feature, right? The the headlining feature uh, of the software, uh, Samsung's AR emoji. <laughs> I, I refuse to talk about this. This is, no, no, this is we, bad. We, no, no, we got it. That's why you got to talk about it. It's, it's bad. Exactly. That's what I got to talk about. Uh, these GIFs here. Um, hmm. And these, these gifts in the Ars Technica article, which we have linked in the show notes, are like uh, not even the ones taken when you uh, do the face tracking. Those are like pre-made ones it'll do. And the, the issue with this rate is that it's just a half-assed clone, right? Like, there's no hardware to, to support it, right? It's not like Samsung put in some new uh, face tracking stuff. So this is just a hacked-on Me Too feature, and we should pay it no mind, right? Like, I, it's not even worth it. Yeah, let's actually just move on. To be honest, like it's not it's it's not good. Like it's people people have said it. Uh, people are gonna keep saying it. It's not. It's just Samsung copying a feature and not doing it very well. Um, the camera um, is very good. Like it's it's like I don't know what to say about the camera. It's like extremely good. Like is uh, it's 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 with like flagship phones now, right? You have the iPhone ten, the Pixel two, and the S nine have the best cameras. And honestly, at this point. The sensors are so good and the processing is so good. It's about how they're processed, right? Like, do you prefer how Google does processing? Do you prefer how Apple does their processing? Or do you prefer how Samsung processes their images and just get the one that looks the best for you? Exactly. I, um, we could talk about, like, maybe portrait mode's better on the Pixel. Ver- it's like Pixel, iPhone, and then Samsung phones for their uh, portrait mode. But outside of that, it's really not... It's it's personal preference, right? Yeah. At this point, like it's the so the so the S nine has the twelve megapixel rear camera and the eight megapixel front camera. The S nine plus has the two dual megapixel rear cameras and the eight megapixel front camera. So that's the camera. Mega, megapixel counts don't really mean anything anymore, right? Yeah, like but a, the front facing camera is not that great compared to the iPhone or the Pixels. I feel like Samsung should I. Hot take here, maybe. OEMs are uh, focusing in the wrong direction by adding more cameras and stuff to the backside camera and should add it to the front because the front... I'm willing I'm willing to put money on this hot take that the front camera is used more than the back camera on phones. Yeah, I mean, uh, with the... 
Yeah, like for selfies, right? I mean, it, it would be a more... It's a better camera for that. So, yeah, improving the front-facing camera would be... But I feel like they want to put that good sensor at the back. Uh, they don't want to put it in the front as well. Uh, so the main camera has, like, these aperture blades. Like, they look cool, it's a I guess. Gimmick. It's a gimmick. Because right? it, what the, is, the what photos do? don't look different. It's aperture. It, it just increases the amount of light you can take in, right? It increases the f-stop. You say you change from one f-stop to another f-stop, and you technically can get more light in. But, like, it really doesn't change how the photos look. It'll so what it, what it will do because you have a wider uh, you have a wider aperture. Besides the fact that the f stop changes, you can get more um, light in. It changes the focal point, so some edges might be sharper or a little bit more blurrier depending on um, where the subject is shot from. But it's not like the pictures look arguably better or worse in different contexts. Like it's cool that they have it but I don't think it's really worth all the hype. It's more of a marketing feature than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the S9. Like there is, there's also the Samsung Pay, MST, and NFC combo, which is probably the better, best combo available, I think, because it allows you to use like uh, the magnetic stripe uh, for places that don't have uh, NFC. Which is apparently in America is still extremely. No, 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 no. It's not places that don't have NFC. How it works is that there's places that have NFC turned off. So most places in the U.S. now have all the card readers that have the NFC enabled terminals. But a lot of vendors choose to t- turn it off because, like, Walmart has their own payment app. Uh, drug stores have their own app. You can use the pay for stuff, right? So there's no point for uh well in their eyes right for vendors to turn it on they'll just block it in software or whatever so with samsung pay you can get around it because it does send out the magnetic blast oh, that's like this is this feels so weird like it's like over here like let me just put this in context why this seems weird to me because in, in canada i've been paying with nfc like my card my credit card my first credit card the first credit card i got uh had NFC on it. And by that period, point in time, everywhere, basically most places I could go, I could pay with a tap. Like I just tap my card on the, on the, on the payment terminal and done. Right. Uh, for up to, I think 20, $20 is the limit on that. Uh, so like, and it has it was increased. Like now I see like Apple pay logos and like, uh, Android pay logos. And it's like, everybody uses NFC or like the tap to pay. It's it's extremely common over here, but in the states, uh, as Christian mentioned, it's 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 a bit it's a bit different. It's a bit hit and miss if you can get NFC payments uh, at the vendor or, or not. Um, so that's that's why I think Samsung Samsung Pay is actually useful. Like this is the, probably the most useful Samsung software feature, right? The MST thing. Yeah, but it's because they, they, they bought the they bought the company Coin, I think. They bought some company that uh, had that technology built into like a card reader, and they put it in their phones. So yeah, no, no, no. That's that's a useful feature, but it's not like as bad as you think because most. So if places take Square readers, they usually have NFC enabled, unless they have it, unless they have like an older one, and. We're in, like, a middle zone, right? Like, the more you go out into, like, suburbs and, like, the countryside, the less likely you are to get NFC payments working. But if you're at, like, a major, like, chain store in, uh, in, in, in like, a city, you're good. Although, a lot of places in the U.S., you just hand your card to the person. 
that's that's extremely weird to me. Like I've heard Americans say that to me, and I'm like, why? Bodegas, you do that. Um, like at Wendy's, you do that, right? What? So like at a Wendy's in the is that? Have you ever been to Wendy's? Is in Canada, right? Like that's the yeah. Right? But that's that's you don't like, you don't if you, you dine never in, hand you don't card. hand your card to them. They have like actual no. card readers you swipe there because yeah, you, no. you just tap. You don't you don't even have to swipe. Yeah, no, anything. no. All the Wendy's I go to down here, I just hand them my card and they swipe for me. And then, of course, you yeah. have places where uh, you, when you go to get gas in your car, you have to legally pay the pay someone to put the pump the gas for you. You're not allowed to pump your own gas. Oh yeah, that's the thing in New Jersey, right? New Jersey, but other states will hire people to do that, right? It's not like specifically in New Jersey. Like New Jersey, it's mandated by law, but other states. Uh, I think I've been to Delaware before. There's been some places that do that. So, like, how are you going to do NFC payments there? Or like, if you're going through a drive-through in a McDonald's, right? Like, how, how do you pay off your phone there? Well, I remember I used to work at McDonald's. People would like fling their arm into the drive-thru with, with an Apple Watch on. They could. Like they, they'd bring up this. Mm-hmm. No, those terminals don't have NFCs on them. That's disabled on the terminals for drive-thru. I, I don't know about it because actually I don't do drive-thrus because I don't have a car. Like, I don't drive. Uh, yeah, but I but... worked there. We, we had, I, I remember I tried paying with my phone once just to see and it was turned off. So oh, okay. like I, I don't. It's probably turned on over here because people just expect it everywhere at this point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, payments in America is a fuck. Yeah, that's nothing to do with this phone though. We <laughs> no, are, it's really nothing to do with this phone. On, we're on a tangent, like a payments tangent. Uh, because this so is how boring this phone is. And I mean that in a good way, right? Like, I feel like whenever I say things is boring, some folks are like, oh, there's Christian again, just hot taking about how everything's terrible. But no, 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 no. It's <laughs> like the only, my only complaints with this phone are the fact that, okay, it's uh, according to all the tests I've seen, battery life's a little crappy. Sam Samsung, you probably should have put a bigger battery in there. You even made it thicker. But outside of that, it's just that they have double apps, right? And they don't update their software. Samsung doesn't update their software, and they have two of everything. And like, I know one of that's kind of a Google problem, but I don't really care, right? Like, if this phone just had Samsung software, and you know what, you could install Google's from the Play Store if you wanted to, and if it got better battery life, it'd be a good phone. It's it's about having like a cohesive software story, right? Like, and Samsung doesn't have that yet. And I, I think they're, I hope they're going to get there. I feel like they're getting closer to that. They have all the pieces there. They own a freaking smart home thing, right? Like they, they have all the pieces in place. Like I think, um, what is it? Xiaomi? Xiaomi is the uh, Chinese company. I'm pretty sure that like Samsung should just take like the, the route Xiaomi did and just focus super hard on improving their software for the next couple of releases. Because if you, uh, I know me and Satic can't get Xiaomi phones in the US and Canada because you have to buy them online and import them. I know you can't get them, but I've seen enough like walkthroughs of the software on YouTube, right? Like enough unboxings of them to, to, to know how they generally work. And it's like such a more cohesive story. And I feel like if Samsung just tried and copied Xiaomi and their approach to software, they'd be better off. Because Xiaomi also, I don't know if they still do. They used to just issue like a monthly software updates to all their phones. Mm, that's still that's still a problem with Samsung, right? The soft the up the update situation on on uh Samsung. So it hasn't changed, right? You still no, in, in the in the US the S8 doesn't have Oreo. I mean, I think the T-Mobile uh, site is is rolling out. Like the, uh, I, I think I saw a post on r slash Android about it. About do you, the T-Mobile. do you know how many months ago Oreo was released though? Seven. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, it's, it's no. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's, it's really bad. Hopefully, um, with the S nine, because technically it's the first travel phone Samsung has released that it should. Hopefully, I have no faith. Right. I have no faith. But um, <laughs> now there's like, there's very little excuses for Samsung not rolling out updates. So that's the fact that they don't want to. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope for the better, but like, 
the past has said that it's still going to be bad. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to go on another Google rant because that's kind of overplayed. We've done like too many episodes in a row about hating on Google. So uh, uh, we're going to hate on Samsung this time and say, Samsung, yeah. get your shit together. Samsung, please update, update all your phones, please. Thanks. In, in general, uh, update your software. <laughs> Yeah, please. Uh, make your software better, updated more often, I guess, or updated regularly. Uh, yeah, that's that's the S nine. It's it's a good good device, but you know, software is uh, a meh. It's it's meh software. Uh, so we're gonna move on, I guess, from from the Samsung hate fest, I guess, to we're gonna be talking about. Fitbits, yeah, we're going. We're going from one Me Too player to another Me Too player. <sighs> okay, um, <laughs> I, okay. Actually, you know, I don't. Oh. I don't. Let me. Let me preface. We. I don't think we've ever spoken about Fitbit on the show. No, um, we have not. Yeah, but I like the fact that Fitbit exists because <laughs> they're the only like tertiary hardware accessory company that makes a UWP Windows app. That that even had notification integration with Windows 10 Mobile before that was killed. Like, you were able to respond to text messages and, like, emails and stuff from Fitbit devices on Windows 10 Mobile before Microsoft killed it. So I like Fitbit because of that, because they're willing to support every platform. So, um, but with that, Fitbit is taking their second swing at a smartwatch with the $200 Versa device. Um, Fitbit last year released one called the Ionic, which we did not talk about on the show because it's fucking hideous. Like, that... Like, so... I watch design is subjective. Some people like watches that are more um I'm going I'm going to throw masculine into extreme air quotes because gendered watches is a stupid idea, but like watches that are bigger and bulkier, some folks like that. Other folks like me, I have like I have the 38 millimeter Apple Watch because I think the 42 is just too big. I like uh more petite watches and Fitbit got everything wrong about the big chunky watches that people like with the Ionic. I'm looking at the Ionic right now. Um, it looks like a blunt this, weapon, right? It doesn't look like it, a smartwatch. It looks bad. It, it looks... Okay, so this is the problem. Like, this is like the Casio square design, but, like, the Casio's design is not very difficult to co- copy, and I feel like it, this just looks bad. Like, somehow it just looks extremely weird. Like, the buttons don't look very good, and the edges are, like, like a bit janky like they look a bit janky it, it looks unrefined right it just but, looks unrefined yeah but, like even casio's designs look better than this because they they have been refining it for so many so many years uh this just looks like uh this this looks like if this was like the first attempt at making like a casio design uh watch and it just looks bad it's just not it's not good uh but the the, the versa the, is versa yeah it looks like the mix between a pebble time and a uh apple watch and i mean that in like good and bad ways um no i'm gonna be straight up honest with you as soon as i saw this design i'm I'm not a fan of it i think something about the aspect ratio of the screen is throwing me off i think it's just it's like the, the bezel. way that it's the, it's the bezel yeah, so. it's the bezel like the hardware design of it it looks nice to me, but then once you look at that screen, it's it's a couple of things. It's a the screen doesn't look optically bonded, right? Like you, I'm able you could see the difference between the bezel and the screen, and I, it looks like there's a bit of an air gap. And two, it's the fact that the bezel's huge, and three, it's the fact that there's a fucking Fitbit logo at the bottom of the screen and the bezel. Like the bezel is big enough on a smartwatch to fit the logo of your company. That's not how that works, and. I'm also not sure if this is an OLED display. Like, let me, I, I don't think, I, this looks like an L, um, an LCD one. Yeah, it looks, it looks like an LCD screen to me, but 
I know. Yeah, no, it is. It's not, they're not saying in the article, but it looks like an LCD screen. Um, so all those things make it look a little off. And it's, it looks bulky too. Like it looks wide, right? It looks fairly wide. Uh, that looks bigger than the 42 millimeter Apple Watch, right? For uh, the sure? size should be here. Let me see what the size is at. Yeah. I like it more than the other smartwatch they have, though. Yeah, but that screen and the the way you mentioned how it doesn't fit in with the bezels, it's just... Well, it's also $200. Yeah, it is. That's $200. It has all of the um, fitness tracking stuff every Fitbit has. It has NFC payments, and it probably has a much longer battery life than the Apple Watch. Yeah, it probably does because it only does like the... uh, Yeah. It has a four-day battery life. Oh, that's... But it doesn't have a GPS like the Ionic. The Ionic had a five-day battery life and a GPS. It still has a heart rate monitor. Um, it runs on the new Fitbit OS, which was, I believe, part of the Pebble purchase, right? So Fitbit's always been about um, like more strict exercise, and they've been coming at like building a smart OS platform from that perspective, right? Where Apple's been like, we're going to make a mobile computing platform on your wrist and then sort of gear it's more towards fitness so i i honestly like the, the question about the, the versa right it's not like if you have an iphone is this a smartwatch you should get because you shouldn't it's about for android and jake who uses windows phone um you, you have to, like is this a better option than google wear os wear os by google whatever oh, the name God. is now um, yeah we're not we're not about to go hate on that but like this is probably like if you're looking for a fitness watch, like fitness focused watch. I guess this this would be the best choice on Android, right? Like, like I don't think there's a better like the Samsung one. Samsung, Samsung phone, but yeah, Samsung if you have a ones Samsung only phone, integrate yeah. well. The gear, uh, the Gear X, I believe that one integrates well if you have a Samsung phone with Samsung Health. Otherwise, it's not the best option. So because Android Wear has been updated in a year, and there's been no new hardware for almost a year too, right? Like no flagship hardware and the processor that qualcomm the 235 watch one whatever some some 35 one that one's hot garbage so that's why like i'm saying like for android users i actually think this is a good option especially since there's nfc payments oh that's yeah that's pretty cool actually uh yeah so this i mean i'm not a fan of this the way it looks but uh if you if you don't mind the look i guess it's it's fine like it's, it's it has all the functionality uh, with that, like the GPS, I feel like the GPS is kind of like a missed opportunity. Like I feel like GPS would have been a nice. It probably uh, would have increased the price, so they're probably tr- trying to hit that two hundred dollars. Because, like, can you really compete with the Apple Watch? Not really. So, like Fitbit's doing, I think Fitbit's doing the right thing here by trying to make a more affordable. Like they're taking the Amazon approach, right? Like the Alexa devices aren't more premium, but they're cheap enough and they do enough things that it doesn't exactly matter. So, so for the NFC though, um, it says it, 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 you have to buy a device that costs more. You have to buy the $229 device, uh, if you want NFC. So the one, 199 model doesn't have NFC, right? So that's, that's a thing. Um, hmm, interesting. I, I, the fact that it supports it though, and it's still like 230. Because I guess at that point, you could also get the Series 1 Apple Watch. For, for around that price, like a, a little more, but it's uh, probably be smaller. It'd be the 38 millimeter model and not the um, 42. Yeah, yeah, 42 millimeter. But 
in terms of smartwatches, right? Like the fact is, if you have an iPhone, you shouldn't get any of the of these because they just won't work well with your iPhone. But if you have an Android phone, this is a much better option than Wear OS for the fact of that the fitness tracking stuff is more fleshed out. Um, Fitbit has like a fitness coach kind of thing they do, which is arguably based on a little pseudoscience stuff, right? But for the most part, I think I think it's good shit. And I believe it does sleep tracking, which the Apple Watch does not do. Plus, you only have to charge it once a week, right? So for all of that, I think it's good. Um, I don't really think third-party apps matter much because someone who uses Apple Watch daily, the only third-party app I use is Overcast. And that's just yeah, because... Yeah, I think Pocket Casts on my watch is basically the only third-party app. Uh, oh, and Sleep Plus Plus, I guess, because the Apple Watch doesn't have built-in sleep tracking. you can sleep with your watch and it won't die? Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't drain that much battery. Oh, wait. You have the good one. My bad. Sorry. I have a series. I, yeah, I, don't, I, have, a, I have a series I, two. I don't, have, I don't have battery life. I forgot. Battery <laughs> yeah, life yeah, is yeah. not a feature that came on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, my phone lasts longer than my watch now. And, like, there's yeah, nothing wrong with this watch. And I keep thinking to myself, I should upgrade. But, like, I don't upgrade, need to. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they're going to do a redesign. But that's outside the scope of this. Um, yes, yes. I kind of... I'm looking forward to the reviews to this to see how, how it all works out. Because I... We smartwatches are like that one category that we thought more people would like be actually get into and then google happened and nothing good has come from it and you know competition's good especially good options for android users although um i know we're not making fun of google but if you have an android go phone this is your only option because android go does not support android wear wear os by google oh but uh I'm, I'm, I'm done making fun of google yeah for we're, we're done. <laughs> let's 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 move on before we start out another anti-google uh rant um Fitbit Ace, so another, I guess, so they're announcing two watches. Uh, Fitbit Ace is the fitness band for kids. So it looks like the Microsoft band, right? It looks like that. Do not badmouth the Microsoft band like I'm that. Not, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Can, I'm just saying. Can, can, we, can like we have a can we have a, a a memorial service to the Microsoft band? Yeah, rest in peace. I don't Microsoft think. Band. Did we ever talk about it on the podcast? I know. No, no, we had to. So. We had this podcast has been going since I had my surface, and I got that Microsoft <laughs> Band the same year. Probably, we probably me, talked about for, that for people who may have forgotten. The Microsoft Band is what I call the best smartwatch ever. The Band Two, to be exact. <laughs> I fucking love that thing because you know why? For one reason. So the Microsoft Band. If you look at like a watch band, think of the the part that you that's on your wrist as a screen, and that would be like a nice OLED rectangle screen with that sort of blocky Metro UI that worked really well, and. It did all the great fitness tracking stuff you don't love. It did like the blood oxygen level stuff, everything. And it also had a keyboard. And now you're thinking to yourself, why would I want a keyboard on a screen that small? But but, but humor me for a minute. Oh, God. Here we go. This keyboard was so good. It's, <laughs> I don't know what tech they were using. I was just like, I was bullshitting some words out and they would work. It would like, it would, it, it was so accurate, right? It, it had no reason to work out that well you literally you just the, the instructions are like yeah just kind of mash the word and it should probably work and it works most of the time like if i typed like you know there's a quick brown fox over the lazy dog that sentence yeah it would always be correct if i was responding to text it would always be correct um but microsoft killed it because microsoft uh, makes bad decisions mm-hmm. and they couldn't get uh, windows 10 on it which is probably the main reason. But right, like the the band two is good shit, even if the straps did break all the time, but we could ignore that because it's rose <laughs> rose tinted glasses here. So so the Alta, um it's basically like a modified version of so not Alta, the Ace. Ace is a modified version of the Alta, like another of uh Fitbit's watches. Uh, so basically it's 
like it has like kid stuff in it. Like it has uh, it's showerproof. Uh, battery life of five days. Um, uh, and it's ninety nine dollars, which is, I guess, the most attractive part of this because it's it's cheap as hell, uh, relatively speaking. Um, uh, so and it's available in two colors, purple or blue. Um, so that's I mean. I mean, what, what do you, what do you what do you think about the whole? Because there's this right, and then you have like Facebook Messenger for kids. Like, do you, do you think that like it's like moral for companies to be going at kids this young, right? In terms of their products, like, not that fitness tracking is bad, right? Because I actually think that if you got this for your child and they were like in middle school, right? Like, I don't think that's actually a terrible idea. Um, maybe you know, like, don't, being obsessive over this kind of quantified health stuff is it a good idea in general maybe not because there's some biases you can get from that but like introducing this kind of tech this early on right is like this is the future or like what do you what do you think i feel like as long as like i feel like fitbit is like okay i feel like facebook messenger for kids is creepy as hell to me because i i don't i don't trust facebook one bit but that's that's an entirely different story but for fitbit i feel like as long as the privacy policy, like I feel like if the parents are like, like you have to create the account for your child, right? Uh, like that's like a thing you have to do. If the kid is twelve or under, you have to create the uh, account. Uh, so I feel like if you understand the analytics, like, like who does Fitbit share the data with? That's actually a question I don't know the answer to. Like, I think is the Fitbit data kept to themselves? Is it, is it shared with other companies? Is it anonymized? How is it stored? Like, where is it stored? How much of it is stored for how long? Like, that. these are all the questions that I have. Like, and I can't actually answer the question of how bad is it for kids to be getting into this uh, so early because... Well, I mean, uh, we can't answer that piece. We, like, we're not actual researchers on that kind of data. But, like, from, like, a cultural sense, right? Like, there's always that debate of, like, people... Because I... It's, I think it's a bit of like a, a hypocritical argument to make, right? Where like people are like, oh, kids are on their phones all days while their parents are literally doing the same thing, right? So I, of course, right, like you should probably parent your children the way you want to and by following actual guidelines set out by like, you know, professionals and that. But I think there is a discourse to be had on like, should technology really be something that you would immerse yourself in? Or if that's like the future of it, right? I mean, the kids are gonna want it anyway. Like it's it's like I'm I'm saying just like kids are gonna see these devices, and I feel like introducing them earlier. I think might be better thing. Like they might be able to understand the tech better. Like I feel, I don't feel like it's a bad thing. That's I'm, I'm not like I feel the appeal of these watches for kids like who are really like into sports and whatnot. Like I feel like that would be a good gift. Even like I feel like these would sell really well during the Christmas season. Um, uh, but yeah, like I'm not like really see a social problem with kids having these. Like I like I don't actually like if they're gonna have smartphones, I don't see a problem with this. Really, like it's it's not much of a difference for me. To uh, if the kid has a smartphone and they have this, it's it's not much of a departure from that uh, to me personally. But I know maybe Christian, you have different thoughts on this. As as someone who has like who who was worked around like younger people like so i've worked with like actual 16 year olds and people who are like just getting into high school right and then like i've worked around uh places where people bring in their kids all the time i don't really think there's much of a problem with it as long as it's moderated well but i think that, that that's the same argument to made towards adults right like if you spend all day 
just kind of like watching anime on your computer and not getting anything done. Like that's probably just as bad in terms of like productivity wise in the long term as like letting your kid do that all day and not like play around with other things, right? And I I I know that productivity is like I'm not using it in sort of like the capitalist sense, but I'm using it as like the general term to like to get things done, right? And by things done, I mean, like, you know, the, the shit you kind of have to do, right? Like, you know, like, m- making meals and all that stuff, right? Like, and and it's, the, I don't think it's anything new to society, right? Like, what would, before screens, people would be, like, spending all day, like, I don't know, watching VHSs or cassettes or fucking <laughs> reading books all day, right? Like, yeah. it's all about a balance, regardless of what the activity yeah, exactly. is that you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and as always... Uh, the onus is on the parents, really. I mean, this is uh, technology is not going to save your kid. Like, it's not going to be like the parenting device that's going to save you. Um, you you're going to have to parent. That's not. There's and no way around. D- in defense of the parents, parents are people too, and sometimes yeah. you just want the fucker to shut up, so you got to give him yeah. the iPad yeah, yeah, and put, I, like, on, I, and put I on the YouTube this. kids, like, right? Yeah, I, I understand <laughs> this. Uh, but like as an example, like my brother, uh, let me talk about my brother. My brother's nine years younger than me, so like he's in high school right now, uh, and I see him using tech, right? Like I like I see people using tech uh, all the time, but I see my brother using tech a lot, uh, and, I, and, I, and I don't like without basically any guidance. Like he's sort of adapted like this, like this balance between like tech and like productivity, right? Like it's it's it, like you just have to encourage it, like. Like uh, with like behavior, like it's not just like tech. Really. Like if you have, like if you encourage your kid, like to you know actually be productive in other aspects that are not related to technology, I feel like that carries on like to to the, the technology enhanced parts of it. So, uh, I'm, should I'm we not get a- your brother on the pod? No, 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 <laughs> probably not. But uh, I'm just saying that it's not just like it's not just like the technology. Like it's like. Technology can affect you, but it all, there's also like the other aspects of the of the child's life. Like if if they're like obsessed with like health, like maybe that's a good thing, or maybe that's manifested in a bad way. Like there's many bad ways that could manifest it, uh, but like that's up to the parents. I think, like really, like um, that's 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 my gist of my opinion on it. Uh, on 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 the on getting like one of these fitness trackers for for your children. Uh, so that's that's the Fitbit Ace. Uh, we have one last story, right? Before we before we go, we we have like we we have some Apple stuff. So um, you know, it's first the uh two two small Apple stories. One Apple the bought the Netflix of magazines, a service called Texture, um, which is apparently a Canadian company, according to Static. Yeah, I, I did I, not look that up. I it it is uh actually it's not it's partially a it's owned by Rogers. Condé Nast, News Corp, yeah, it's, and it's, Time Inc. Yeah, Rogers is the only Canadian company there. Uh, so it's like, it's like a, I guess, like a joint ownership. I guess it's not really a Canadian company in that sense. But uh, so Apple is buying Texture. Uh, you, you may have, if you listen to other podcasts, <laughs> you may have heard of Texture because they advertised a lot on podcasts. Uh, I used to hear them on like the Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast. Uh, so... Like I would hear them on podcasts fairly often. Um, they sell digital magazines. Like they have their digital magazine subscription service. Uh, as the, as people mentioned, the Netflix of magazines. 
Um, it's basically you can read over like 200 magazines for a monthly fee, right? Like it's like that that sort of service. Uh, and yeah, they got they got bought by Apple for an undisclosed amount. I I I feel like they're gonna just integrate this into Apple News. Uh, that that's what's gonna happen at this point. This is like a talent buy, right? Like the talent and like connections. No, no, no. IQ said they're gonna buy it to put in Apple News because at South by Southwest he said that. Um, I wanted to talk about this one because I I feel like I there's a broader conversation we had, right? Like if Google AMP is bad, what about Apple News? Since Apple News is an individual app that's on your phone that uses its own custom format, right? It's based off of RSS. So you just have to put in a couple special tags and do a couple of things to get into it. Like, are you any more opposed to Apple News than you are to something like AMP? Now, because Apple News is not trying to take over the web. Like, it's not like trying to get itself into standards bodies like yeah that's uh, basically my opinion right like apple news is its separate app even if it's based off of web technologies it's not like apple is leveraging the iphone to use it right it's not like if you if you have an iphone apple is shoving apple news articles into your face you have to go to that app specifically no they're not it's not even available it's not even available in canada by the way still nothing's available in canada i know that i'm just saying it's not even available so like clearly apple is not like in a rush right to uh make people use apple news uh so so yeah like i don't feel that like apple news i don't feel as bad about apple news because uh, yeah as i mentioned they're not trying to shove themselves into the wider web ecosystem as a whole right they're not trying to like create new web standards uh, based on their proprietary tech, right? So it's like, I don't, I don't feel as bad. It's just another proprietary Apple service. Like, it's it's just that. It's just, That's all that is. Uh, and also, like, this argument to be had, like, if, if it's, like, the default news vendor in your device, is that, like, a, like a you know, like, some sort of, like, does it create some sort of bias? Like, I don't think it does. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't, I'm actually not sure how Apple News works by default like this apple news um it gives you a lot of u.s news and then it uses uh hashtag machine learning to sort of sort your way through right you can like and dislike stories and then it'll eventually use that to build bundles of different topics and sources you can subscribe to right if you specifically subscribe to a source if you have push notifications turned on for it it's going to service that serve uh, that source more but it tries to be source agnostic and lean more towards topics that it shows you topics you might be interested in and you can you can train it right so it's basically show you news that not news I want to say you'd agree with, but news that you would actually read, which ends up being news you'd agree with, because if you only read like the New York Times and uh, don't read Fox News, you're going to only see articles from the New York Times. But that's why you should probably like, I don't know, if you're American, the Wall Street Journal is probably the most conservative you can go without getting upset. <laughs> that's I'm not going to comment on it, but that's probably true. Uh, like news wise. Yeah, that's I mean. I, that's why I don't feel as concerned about Apple News as I do about AMP, because AMP is not just about news. It's about uh, trying to control publishing on the web, which is uh, which is an entirely different ballgame, I feel like, uh, than Apple News. So that's that's that Apple News. There's another bit of Apple News. Uh, I guess it's like it's more like an announcement, I guess. There's the uh, there's a March 27 Apple event. Right, it's it, going to be focused on education. Yeah, it's in Chicago, and the invite looks like an Apple logo drawn with an Apple pencil. So basically, the rumor has been that Apple's going to 
No one knows if it's a MacBook Air, if it's a new 12-inch MacBook, or if it's some new Mac computer in general, but Apple is going to launch, relaunch the cheap Mac line um, and have a sub-thousand, round $1,000 computer. And they're also going to update the cheap iPad for education. And let me, like, before we get to the Mac stuff, let me just say that $300 iPad is actually really dope. Like, it doesn't have the ProMotion display, right? But... If you want like a cheap computer that's good and like you don't have to worry about that iPad's honestly your best option. Like if if you like if you need a cheap computer just to do like basic document editing and like web browsing and watch videos and shit, like that three hundred and twenty nine dollar iPad is probably the best option you can get right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also uh, the second beta of. Uh iOS 11.3 had six beta, called- six betas coming out for of, uh, iOS 11.3. It's the second public beta, but it's a six developer oh, okay. beta. Um, okay. It's probably going to release soon. I think if we're at beta six, I know major versions have gone to like beta 10, but I, point releases usually don't go like past eight or nine betas. So I maybe on Tuesday, maybe when the event, maybe not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, right? When the, the week of the event, they might release it. Um, because the event is on a Tuesday. So they might have the event and then release iOS 11.3 that week. That might be the plan. But um, so they're having a new iPad. I think that this cheap iPad is probably going to get an Apple Pencil support. And I imagine that they're probably going to revamp the Apple Pencil. Hopefully to not have to be plugged into your iPad to charge. Because that looks fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that looks du- that just looks dumb as hell. Like it just looks absurd. Like nobody, nobody, nobody thinks that it looks good like it's it just looks extremely dumb yeah but there's like there's like some big fixes they could do right obviously like copy microsoft and have it where if you use like pretend like it's an eraser it'll actually erase maybe add a button to it uh increase the pressure sensitivity maybe have longer battery life um have you ever used an apple pencil before i've used them before and it's no 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 no. it's really responsive is it it's good shit yeah yeah the ipad pro is actually an extremely attractive device but it's like i would have like no use for it and i have too many computers already the uh, only reason i have this macbook instead of this iP- an ipad pro is because i needed to like do programming stuff and now podcast yeah stuff. the software but, like, yeah yeah the software i would i would just fuck real computers man fuck them i would so <laughs> oh god that's a hot no take. it's not a hot oh, take Lord. you know my life i had a surface and i only use uwp apps you know how much i don't care right <laughs> Like oh, I would Lord. literally just use iOS all the time if I could. Like if I did, if I had a job where I did not need to do like quote unquote real computery things, I was use the freaking iPad yeah. Pro because it's good shit. I don't have to worry about things breaking, right? And like I understand <laughs> someone's gonna be mad at me and be like, but you know, open standards and access to the file system and openness and all that. And I agree with you. Like this is why we should have tablets that run KDE, right? Like that should be more of a thing. But for me, having an option like an iPad Pro is just like the the way to go. Because I I fucking love tablets and keyboards. Like I that's what I I miss I miss my server so much. You don't know how much I miss it. <laughs> Although with this cheap MacBook, what do you think they're gonna do? Do you think that they're gonna take the MacBook I have, the twelve hundred MacBook or three hundred thirteen hundred dollar mm-hmm. MacBook and make it smaller? Do you think they're gonna actually revamp the MacBook Air? Like what what do you think? I I hope it's the MacBook Air because I feel like that one needs a revamp, right? Like it, it has been. Long. Or maybe they should just kill it, right? They've only kept it around because they don't have a cheap MacBook. But if they made that one that I had super cheap, then like, wouldn't that be the solution to that? Because I don't think Apple's going to keep around a computer that has a USB A port, right? That's that's a good point. Yeah, even yeah. if it's education, they don't I think care. They, it, yeah, they might get rid of it and then just make the Mac like the low end macbook the new cheap macbook i guess uh so 
I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, the MacBook Air sells a lot, which is which is a thing that people like often don't understand. Is like the cheap MacBooks sell quite a bit, uh, and especially in education, and people like students buy it a lot. So it's like they have to have something at that price range. I feel like. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be the Air or the... I, I hope the, I hope it's the new one because, you know, the Air has that TN panel. The Air has oh, that disgusting... I mean, like, if they have to do the MacBook, they're probably to rent and display it, but does it make sense, right? Like, what's the difference mm. between a MacBook Air and a MacBook at that point if it has a retina display and, like, USB-C ports? Um, slower processor, I guess? Like, they're going to have that... Uh... But how slower can you get to the Core M3? Mm, that's a good point. Like this is my my computer has a Core M3, right? Like this is this is the fanless cheap Intel part, right? Like not cheap, right? But Apple's not going to go for anything slower. What they're not going to put like a Celeron or a Pentium in here. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, March twenty seventh is the date on it. Uh, it's going to happen at Lane Tech College Prep High School. That sounds very fancy. Uh, in um, Chicago, um, American yeah. high schools have fucking stupid names let's can we be honest can we just yeah, talk like, about that um <laughs> you have like them named after like fucking plantation owners and like oh, confederate like leaders oh god like that's an actual thing oh, in like florida you know you'll have like confederate goon high school like you know and then like everyone's like heritage but that's completely out of the scope of this podcast <laughs> oh god that, that, oh lord america <laughs> fucking america go look you know what like while i'm here go listen to uh a podcast called Bag Ladies. I think we've recommended it. Before, we, right? we recommended it. I recommended it on Transposable before. It's good shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah let, let me just recommend it again. Uh, their latest episode was titled uh, America, America is Good in Theory, but Not in Practice. Uh, go listen to that shit. It's good shit. Uh, educate yourself on various things that you may not know about. Uh, so yeah, that's my recommendation for the week, I guess, before we, we close off. Yeah. Cause, uh, the only other news we have is that WWC is live and designers are pissed on Twitter and it's fucking hilarious. That's all really, that's all I want to put it. They're mad because Apple, the, the invitation or not the invitation, but the webpage, uh, design has like 3d shapes and stuff. And everyone's like heretics. How are they going back to that? They have no claim, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't actually matter. What? Like it's, there's no, a wait, whole, wait, wait, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand the argument, yeah, the, but the, the argument is like, because Apple killed off all skeuomorphic design, they have no right to claim uh 3d shapes again. Um, which is that's bullshit. That's a bullshit argument. That makes no sense at all. Like, uh, like sometimes I feel like these designers, Okay, like these designers are doing too many drugs. I feel like, what are you talking about? Like that? <laughs> They're not doing drugs. Like, it's honestly. CrossFit and Soylent. Oh, God. It's CrossFit and Soylent and raw water. And raw water. You can't. Fuck you. I don't, you do raw, I don't drink raw water. I don't drink raw water. I drink fucking like filtered water like a like a regular person you know i'm um, i don't you can't talk shit about I, them eating solids no, i don't like, even drink i don't drink the blood of teens like you know like i am i am okay oh. i am not one of these eggheads so fuck you static oh god um these designers please if you if you whatever drugs you're on please share because it appears to be like some of that good shit uh, <laughs> that that good shit was like the, the thumbs up the, the okay sign emoji like twenty thousand times in the middle of it. 
<laughs> All right. Okay. That's enough of that. This is this Miss Shades of Brown. Yes. <laughs> this is a podcast. Yeah. This is Miss Shades of Brown. You can find us on twoshadesofbrown.com. The show notes are there. You can email us. Please email us. Uh, we're doing a new thing. Uh, no socials, apparently. Uh, we're not doing socials, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, only email addresses now. Only Social email media is um, passe. Snapchat's dead. Kylie Jenner said so. <laughs> All right. Uh, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. That goes to both of us. So, you know, send feedback. Uh, and with that, goodbye. Bye.